0: Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How are you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Just got back from a little mini vacation with uh, the family on the coast, rejuvenated, ready to go. Nice. That sounds awesome. All right. You want to kick this off and uh, go over the any closing trades you had or new positions you got into? Yes.
1: Yeah, so I didn't have anything close out this past week, but I did get into a bunch of new trades. Um, I sold a put spread on GLD. Um, so that's like a gold ETF, I think. And then the Russell 2000, I sold a call spread on IWM. And then I also went along the Russell 2000 futures. So I was kind of bummed that I didn't have this in my watch list. I'm always looking at like the NASDAQ futures, the Dow futures, and the S&P 500 futures. And I just never really traded Russell or had it on my radar and for whatever reason, I decided to add it into my watch list um, this past week. And when I saw it, it was almost oversold, and I was like, "Crap, man!" Like it had dipped like into the oversold territory on the daily, and then it had popped up. I think they were up like two to three percent on the day. So I was like, "Well, crap! This is still almost oversold. I think it's a good entry." So I went long. I think uh, it was trading at like twenty-one eighty-eight at the time. So they kind of pumped a little more and then sold off and then uh, futures are selling off right now so i'm pretty much dead even on the trade but they're still running down near that um oversold level so i like the entry um, so i did go long that was a futures trade i got into and then i also sold uh, this is an iron butterfly on jets i know we were talking about them last time how they're taking quite a beating so i sold a five wide iron butterfly um, grabbed 217 in credit, so it's a pretty even risk reward ratio. Um, and then I sold a put spread on the queues, um, that's September expiration as well. And then I sold a call spread on SPY for September, so it's like I had
0: uh six new trades for this past week. Nice, you had a. Super boring week. Uh, The only things I got into, I didn't have anything closing this week. Only new things I got into was I went long a DRV call, and that's the uh, 8 call that expires next February. Uh, And for anyone that doesn't know what DRV is, it's the three times bearish, uh, basically housing market ETF, just to... Uh, kind of hedged the, the housing market is just ridiculous right now. It's like the prices are over what they were in OA, and it's just I don't know, man. I, th- I think the hammer's got to drop at some point, maybe when they actually uh, stop the forbearance and stuff. So, I mean, it was cheap, it was out of the money, it was only 30 bucks to get into, and DRV is just so oversold. And you know, with the market pumping how it has, the housing market. It's just just a coin flip, like a kind of a lottery ticket, $30 lottery ticket, but I'll take it because, you know, when the housing market crashed in oh eight, <clears throat> sorry, uh, DRV was trading for like 34000 bucks. So, you know, I figured I'd throw 30 bucks at it, see what happens. And then I also got, I don't know if I had this last week or not, if I talked about it, but I got into an Iron Condor on Spy. Actually, I may have talked about it. I think I got into it last Thursday and that's the kind of uneven uh, on the Delta Iron Condor on SPY where I went uh, 12 Delta on the puts and 30 on the calls. And right now, or as of closing on Friday, it was like 30 cents in the money, my short call. But right now with futures, look like they're selling off on SPY, so hopefully it continues. And that was it.
1: Yeah, I uh, picked up a hundred shares of drv a while back i think they were maybe trading at five or six or something just because it was so cheap and i'm like man i know they're just in this long downtrend as you know the housing market and the real estate markets just continue to climb 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 but it's like even if drv went to zero it's 500 freaking bucks and like you know like you're saying when the market collapses uh whenever that happens drv is going to go to the moon so yeah i've got that on as a hedge as well.
0: Yeah, that's why I went with the out of the money call because it's like, you know, it was 30 bucks to get into and it's, you know, it's out of the money, so it's definitely, you know, a coin flip, but it doesn't expire until next February and it's a really good cheap hedge against this massive bubble we have going on. Yeah, pretty smart, I know sometimes too people will hedge.
1: Uh, with calls on the VIX, but the thing that sucks about the VIX when I traded it a few times before is you can't get far out in expiration. If I'm not mistaken, I think you can only go like six months out. And I wanted to go like you're saying, like maybe a year or, you know, a little further out. And I don't think they have those expirations available. Um, But yeah, I think if maybe the VIX could go a little further out, I would probably try to hedge with that as well because, Yeah, when the VIX gets, like, under 15, it's just bound to pop off, you know, whenever the markets start selling off again.
0: Yeah, what is VIX? Uh, VIX is at 17.20 right now? Yeah, it's pretty low with the markets, you know, (laughs) ripping like they are. Yeah, well, like I was, when we were talking, I think that right now, and futures are all red right now, as of this recording on Sunday night. Uh, except for Bitcoin, Bitcoin's just blasted off Futures are up uh, almost 18% right now But it's it, it, Everything is kind of overextended And I feel like all of the um, All the earnings that we're in right now Is just kind of propping this up And it happened last time we had uh, Earnings coming around on all the big companies We were both looking at the charts And we're like, dude, why? how is SPY where it is? You know how are the queues where it is? And it was just earnings like these companies are, you know, have, quote, unquote, good news coming out. And they would just blast the price of the companies up, which would drag the ETFs up. And then soon as earnings were over, we had that massive, what was it, like a thousand point dump in the queues. And uh I think it was like equal on SPY. So I, I'm assuming that's going to happen again. I hope that happens again anyways. <sighs> Yeah, me too, man. I've been looking at NQ for weeks and just waiting. Like, come
1: on. It gave back like maybe 500, 600 points. Uh, maybe this past week or something, I want to say. It dipped a little bit, but then it just ran right back up to a new high. And it's like, come on, man. I need I need a little more. Like, if it'll dump a 1,000 points, I'll probably, probably go long. So, yeah, man, I'm just waiting for a better price.
0: Yeah, and uh, you going long Russell right now is – Probably, you know, wasn't a bad choice. It's they're trading in this crazy, freaking channel. It's a wide channel, but my chart just died. But it's like going from twenty one hundred to like twenty three ish, and it's just bouncing every time it hits that low. And when did you get long? What were they trading at? I think it was twenty one eighty eight when I went in. So yeah, that's like the bottom of the channel. So. I mean, hopefully it can pop up to, you know, do you have a price target you're looking at? Yeah, most of the time I'll just wait till it hits that new high and sets the
1: new high and then I'm out. Um, And it's been working really well for me. So, yeah, that that chart is kind of crazy. Like you're saying, like, I think late last year there was that insane run up. Like, I think it was trading like. I don't know if it was around fourteen hundred or something, and it just had this massive run, and then, like you're saying, it's been trading in a range like forever, it seems, and it's just like up, down, up, down, up down, so like um yeah, it's uh crazy that chart right now, but I was like, well, you know, they're already oversold, and typically when the indexes get oversold, um, you know they don't do they don't dip that much further. Um, Unless there's, like, an economic crisis, you know, like the coronavirus crash, then, you know, things get oversold, and then they just keep going, and, like, the RSI breaks uh, in your think or swim. But, you know, outside of an economic crisis, once those indexes hit oversold, they don't go much further. So I was, like, willing to risk it. I think if Russell, you know, let's just say it starts selling off hard, the markets dump, and it sells off another couple hundred points, like, I'll survive. I'm, like, not too over leveraged on it. So, um. yeah, since I don't have that crystal ball and I don't know the exact top or the exact bottom of anything, it's just like, man, an index oversold,
0: like, that's a good price for me. Yeah, it's definitely uh making a little move higher and they hit, I don't know, it looks like four ATR down on, uh the hell is this? On the 19th, which is about when you got in. So, yeah, I could see them making a nice pump up and I I know a lot of people play the Qs and uh in Q because of the volatility so you have a you know a better chance of making more money but man Russell's been crazy yeah we were talking about that like I thought in Q was volatile and I never really paid
1: attention to Russell but yeah like everything else was like up a half a percent or something and Russell was up like three percent and I'm like holy crap man this thing is uh so volatile. I didn't think there was anything more volatile than NQ until I added uh, the Russell
0: 2000 futures to my watch list. Yeah, I'll well, add Bitcoin futures to your watch list, then you'll see volatile.
1: Yeah, that's uh, another one for sure. Crypto is definitely more insane than uh, the indexes for sure.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Uh, the topic I wanted to go over today was... Uh, selling naked puts, and you know we can kind of branch off into, you know what that means and and uh, naked and everything. But it's one of my favorite strategies that I used during the recovery, uh, the COVID crash. Was because if you can, well, let me start off. A naked put would be or a cash secured put because you can't just sell something. Your brokerage is going to keep that amount of cash. Uh, kind of tucked away, just in case stuff goes against you. So when you sell a naked put, you're basically taking on. There's no defined risk to it. Um, I'm going to pull up SOS real quick. Okay, so you're looking at SOS, and right now they're trading at 248. So if I go to the option chain and say I just want to do a you know a one week to expiration. I gotta go out and sell the two fifty put and collect about twenty dollars in credit. But without having defined risk, if something comes out, uh, it's some company news or whatever, then and say they hit a dollar, then now you have to buy someone's shares at two dollars and fifty cents because you don't have that defined risk by by buying a call to kind of cover your butt if there's a big move in something. And I guess SOS isn't really a great, uh, great stock to do this in because it's so cheap. But you basically you're you have the cash uh, that your brokerage keeps to cover that two dollars and fifty cents. So it's gonna your brokerage is gonna keep two dollars or two hundred and fifty dollars, and you're gonna go gonna collect that twenty dollars. So you're gonna collect more money doing it this way, but your downside is also, you know, basically unlimited. Say they go bankrupt then, you know, you're just out that 250, but again, SOS, I shouldn't have pulled this up as a an, an example because you're not risking a bunch, but you could do it on, you know, Apple, the Qs, whatever, and you're going to collect a lot of premium because you don't have to buy another put to cover your butt. But if you like like I said during the COVID recovery, It was my favorite strategy because any company that was that you didn't think was going to go bankrupt, you could sell a naked put on it and collect a lot of premium, and then you know even if it dipped below that and you had to buy the shares at it, then you know then you basically jump into the wheel where you own 100 shares of you know I think I did it with Ford. um, I don't know how many other companies I did it with, but then you have 100 shares and you paid way too much because there was a big correction but then you just know you know in the back of your head that you have 100 shares of a company that's a viable company you know they're not going bankrupt uh so at some point you know you can sell calls against it against your 100 shares and at some point you know you'll get back to to even sorry man uh you were saying the the
1: whole risk thing but on the put side though Your risk is defined, though, right? If you sell the 250 put, the most you can lose is $250 if the company goes
0: bankrupt, right? So it's not unlimited risk. It is defined. Yeah, that's why I think uh, my SOS example was a bad one because it is defined, but with companies that are actually, you know, decent companies like Apple, it's going to be a massive hit if they go bankrupt. But (laughs) you know what I mean? If you lose $250 on SOS, then... That yeah technically yeah you're right it's defined but it's not like a big jump but if you sell a naked put on well crap you do it on space you could be losing a lot of money real quick yeah because they're trading around like 30 right now so if you you know sold that
1: 30 put or something and they went bankrupt then yeah you're out like three grand and even worse on something like apple i don't even, i haven't even looked at those guys they've been on this insane run let me pull it up right now <laughs> Looked at them. We around 150. Oh my good! They kept going higher. What? Yep. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Oh my good. Okay, so they hit 150. They had a little bit of a pullback, and yep, they're right back up there. So yeah, on something like that, you sell the 148 put like right at the money, pretty much on Apple, and you're out what 15 grand if they go bankrupt. So yeah, for sure. Um I guess the thing about doing the put, if you're looking at something like SOS and you want to sell, you know, something cheaper like that, you could have, you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks at most of defined risk. Um, but if you go to the call side, that's where you're kind of more unlimited because SOS could go to like a 100 SOS could go to two hundred, which I'm sure you'd like very much because you're long shares of them right now. But if you sold like a three call and SOS went to a hundred, you're talking about like ninety seven hundred bucks that you're you know short at that point. So um, yeah, I, I think I used during the corona crash, I want to say I did a trade on Boeing. I think they were trading like around one fifty or something. And I saw that the 50 put, like, a couple years out in expiration, was selling for, like, 1200 And I was like, man, there ain't no way Boeing is going under 50 at any point. Like, I don't care, six months, a year out, two years out. And I think this, op- this put expired, like, a few years out. And so I sold it. I'm like, that's an easy 1200 bucks. Yeah. It takes a long time, but it's 1200 bucks. Like it's easy money. Like there's no way Boeing is, you know, even going to get anywhere close to that. So I sold it. And then like a month later, Boeing had made such a move higher that I was at a 50% profit and I bought it back for like 600 bucks. So yeah, that Corona crash and that recovery, like when things were really down there, really low in like March and April of last year. Oh yeah. The, going out and selling puts on stuff
0: was like gold. Yeah, it was, that was like my go-to strategy because everything, like I said, I think what Ford was trading for like three bucks at one point and like all these companies that you're like, man, I, they got to recover. But then at the same time, you're looking at all these companies going bankrupt and, but it was just everyone was so scared. Puts were paying like crazy. And yeah, you were kind of opening yourself up to this unlimited risk, but at the same time, you're uh, you're getting something for that put. Like, um, like you have to buy the shares if you sell this put. You have to buy the shares at whatever price. So you're getting shares if you think the company's going to, you know, pull through and at some point going to be worth something. Then, cool. Then you just got yourself 100 shares. You just overpaid for them. But you know, if you think they're going to recover and with the economy, like everything kind of did, then, you know, it was kind of worth it. Like that's, we discussed it before with, um, shorting. That's why I've never sold a naked call is, you know, it's the opposite and there's literally unlimited risk in that because, you know, you do that on a, a GameStop or something, you're screwed. Yeah. I'm glad when
1: I sold, uh, calls on GameStop they were spreads right before they went on that run to 500 I think I sold like a 37 short what was the first one a 31 32 one wide and then I sold like a 37 38 one wide and yeah they both got blown up as they ran to 500 so yeah the uh I've done that a lot I remember too I want to say on like Apple and Walmart I just sold strangles And, uh, you know, those don't typically, I mean, they make decent moves like something like Apple, but, you know, typically Apple isn't going to go out and do something like GameStop did. So I I know I made a lot of good money on it, but yeah, you're really opening yourself up something like a meme stock or space or NIO or something like that. You know, those um, cheaper stocks that people can really get into and, you know, do that WSB action on. Yeah, that would be scary to be. Uh, you know, selling a naked call on that, so um, yeah, the put selling strategy, I've definitely
0: made a lot of money on that for sure. Yeah, I remember when the GameStop fiasco was going on, I texted you, and I want to say GameStop was at like 250 or something, and the IV was so nutty. Uh, I don't remember what I would have got paid for it, but selling just a one wide at like 400 dollars or something like that was paying decently. And I was like, dude, I got I'm going to do this cuz there's no way GameStop's going to hit 400 bucks. They're already, you know, just blasted to the moon. And I'm glad I didn't get filled on that thing cuz I would have got blown up.
1: Yeah, after they blew past 31 and hit like 35, 36, I'm like, all right, they're cooking pretty good, you know. This is done. This is over. Like they're coming back down. So that's when I went and sold the 37,
0: 38. And, yeah, that thing got blown up, like, the next day. (laughs) Yeah. What did they... Actually, I'm going to pull up, because I remember uh, when they made... When, basically, you know, Robin Hood gets the brunt of it, but every brokerage made it sell only. You couldn't buy any options. You couldn't, like, you couldn't go long GameStop anymore. What did they finally settle down to? Oh, man, they dropped all the way down to... About 42, I guess. So, yeah, my, you know, your stuff still would have been blown up. They haven't come back down. GameStop? Yeah. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, they're, what, still at 180? Like, right now? I just, yep. yeah, it's just hard to believe that they're still up there. I think I did a technical analysis video on them uh, recently, and, uh, yeah, man, it's just, they've been selling off again for a while, but just, it's. It's really hard to say when reddit is gonna pump them again it's crazy
0: yeah that's kind of the crappy thing about trying to do technical analysis on these meme stocks is what do you discount like what part of the chart are you like okay this part made no sense i'm not going to touch that especially with gamestop i'm looking at the chart right now and it's like you could say after they made that run to almost 500 okay i'm not even going to count that you know i'm going to do another high and then Uh, a month later they pumped up to 350 so you know where do you draw your trend lines like when is reddit going to stop or start pumping
1: yeah it's a mess uh also like on space that chart is a mess too because they went like 200 300 percent gain in like a month or i don't know what it was it's insane so yeah some of these stocks that are having these crazy volatility like it's yeah it's hard to really do any technical analysis like that run to 500 for gamestop that initial run like how do you even draw like it's a straight up vertical trend line
0: like <laughs> that's not even I mean that's just insane yeah and that's why I try and stay away from stuff like that unfortunately I would have gotten cotton cotton <laughs> i don't think that's a word I would have got caught up in it at some point in space and uh, GameStop could have been long shares but it's like how do you, you know, there's no technical analysis, it's just what's the flavor of the day on these GameStop or the uh, Reddit guys or you know what I mean I right, guess so I try and stay up try to do a lot more like Apple and Spy, uh, I gotta get into the queues again, I haven't looked at their chart a lot probably overbought just guessing yeah <laughs> everything was
1: yeah it's uh the only reason I got into space last time and it worked out great for me was just because the price was cheap it was under 17 bucks and I'm like all right if I grab 100 chairs and they go bankrupt like I'll live you know but trying to get into space even at 30 40 you know I got out at over 50 with my nice gain I think it was like a 200 percent gain but uh, you know, on those types of stocks, I will buy them when they are cheap. Like I had a friend who, um, I think saw GameStop go to 500. They sold off super hard. And when they came down and hit that very low at 40, that's when he bought in, he bought a hundred shares at 40 bucks and then they went back up to 350. So he just, you know, by luck was like, all right, 40 bucks, this is reasonable. I've seen him at 500. So that's something I'll do sometimes as well if i see a price that like i just know isn't a huge risk i'm okay like when fisker dipped under 10 as well i'm like all right you know i'll risk a thousand bucks on fisker like i don't think they're going bankrupt like they've been selling off hard i'll risk that much so on those type types of stocks that can get super volatile sometimes i'll just do like i like the price and i'll go long and i don't even have any technical analysis in it
0: yeah that's a good thing too is like with looking at charts and you know daily and you're like okay i've I've traded this before and it was at this price knowing what a decent price is to get in like it's a company that you've looked at uh before and you know kind of the rallies that they can have and that's where yeah like you said it's worked out really well for you on space and fisker and um just knowing what a decent price is is a decent trading strategy as well as um, like, do you, do you think this company is a good company? That's what I did with NIO. I made lots of money off of those guys when they were trading super cheap. And I'm like, dude, look at the cars, like um, the battery technology they have, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden they just pump massively. And then unfortunately, like with Chinese stocks, it's really tough too, because a lot of them, uh, they have kind of weird financials. A lot of the Chinese companies don't really do earnings. They just kind of tell you what happened and you got to take their word on it. So uh, there's a lot of like SOS right now. They had a massive sell off for quite a while because some company said, oh, hey, we think this uh, SOS is ripping people off. They don't really have mining machines Um, and they're in a lawsuit. Did you lose money in it? And with the little companies like that or kind of the more obscure stuff, it causes a massive sell-off, whereas, you know, with Apple, I guarantee there's no uh, lawyer firm out there going to try and pull some BS on Apple. Like, hey, uh, their phones aren't as great as they said because Apple's got a lot of money <laughs> and Apple has a lot of good lawyers. But with these smaller companies and the Chinese companies without, you know, not having the regulate the regulatory standards that we have in America – They seem like any bad news is really bad news for them. Yeah, that's a good point. If you don't have
1: the capital, you know, to really defend yourself on something like that. Yeah, SOS and Apple are two totally different, you know,
0: companies when it comes to uh, handling something like that. Yeah. All right, man. Did you have anything you were looking at getting into next week? Um, I was, let me see, I got into, let
1: me see what I, my last trade was that I hit last week. Spy, I guess, was the last one I got into. So I'm probably going to be getting into that X range of tickers. I think it's all the SPDR, uh, ETFs and stuff. I see, um, XBI, That might be something I look at this coming week. XLC, I think that's like a communications ETF. Um, XLE, uh, XLF, and maybe XLI. So I'll probably be taking a look at some of those. I'd like to say um, I would be looking at some of the other futures, but I'm hoping they'll come down. But I don't see uh, NASDAQ or Dow or anything coming into my
0: price range this coming week, but I'm praying. Yeah. You and me both. Yeah, I'm still bearish on this market. I think everything's just way too overpriced right now. So uh, one thing that I might get into a call spread on, a uh, call debit spread on is Verizon. I have a feeling they've been just chopping, chopping, chopping. They've already had dividends. They had earnings, and they just kind of chopped around a bit. But I got a feeling Verizon's going to come down and test that 54 level. So I might go selling some uh call spreads on them. Gotcha. And J D as well. Uh JD.com, the tickers J D. They've just been in this tight little channel right now. But I, I got a feeling they're gonna come down and uh test around that sixty dollar level again. Yeah, I'd say looking at the daily right now, they had a hard gap
1: down uh, on Friday, and that pushed them way below the 21, Um, and yes, the previous kind of support was around 66, I guess, or, you know, a recent low, so yeah, I could definitely see them coming down and retesting that 66, and yeah, if they fall below that, then look out, because the next stop is probably... Yeah, I don't know, maybe around, yeah, like that 60 area you're talking about. So, yeah,
0: that could be a good short opportunity. Yeah, and then the last one is uh, any anything to do with Bitcoin right now, because Bitcoin, I just pulled up the futures, and they're at over 18.2% right now, and they fired long on the daily. So, like in SOS, a riot, like mining companies, or, you know, Bitcoin in general. Right now actually going along them. So I got two bearish plays because the market's just too ridiculous. And then uh going along anything crypto because crypto is insane.
1: Yeah, crypto's been beat down so hard lately. I was pulled up the chart for SOS again, and this would be uh one of those instances where I just love the price. Like SOS was trading at an insane high of sixteen at one point. It was a quick run up, but now with them down at two forty eight or whatever they're at, I mean, even if you want to grab a hundred shares, it's just a couple hundred bucks. And like this would be kind of one of those um, instances where I just like the price, regardless of what the charts look like, for the most part, or any indicators. It's just like, man, it's a cheap, it's a cheap gamble. Um, and you know, I did a technical analysis video. I think I uploaded it today, and I had two trend lines coming right together. And SOS actually broke above the downtrend line I had drawn out, but it tried to go up above the 21 and kind of died off. It looks like Thursday was a fat sell-off, and then Friday was a small red candle. But with futures being up 18%, I'm thinking SOS is probably going to bust above that 21 and at that point, we're going to be above the downtrend line I drew out and the 21 and probably looking pretty bullish
0: to me. Yeah, this kind of ties into, you know, my what was somewhat of a crappy. Uh, not my topic, but the I chose SOS to talk about selling naked puts, but I may actually sell some 250 puts on these guys uh, at open tomorrow it's 20 bucks and then i don't know what bitcoin looking like it is it's a kind of a massive rally but i'd assume and it was funny when did i text you that we were talking about bitcoin and i was like well bitcoin 40k here we come and i didn't expect it to happen in one day but they just had a crazy push right now yeah
1: i was surprised to see bitcoin up that much. I mean cuz they even dipped into the high 20s recently and it's like been such a struggle like for SOS as well Riot. I mean it's just been this beat down, like a slow beat down. And uh yeah man, I'm looking for a big pump tomorrow and then yeah, hopefully some of these things like SOS and Riot can pop off.
0: Yeah, as long as the fed keeps their freaking nose out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I think that's probably the only thing that can crush crypto right now is the Fed trying to regulate it. And your video, uh, was it the SOS video that you mentioned? You know how the Fed crushed the uh, U.S. dollar? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yes. The Fed will probably come in and try to somehow create more Bitcoin that's even supposed to be available, you know, or ever mined and dilute <laughs> it somehow.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I, was, I don't remember what I was listening to, but they were talking about the Fed trying to uh, regulate crypto, and that's exactly why crypto was created. So it wasn't something that was regulated. And then I, I don't know if this was true or they were making a joke, but they were talking about the Fed. Uh, tried to make a coin called Fed Coin. It's like, why the hell would anyone go- buy your Fed Coin? Look what you did to the dollar. Oh man, I have high confidence
1: in the Fed Coin. Whenever they release that, I'm just gonna go all in. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> you're gonna get a margin call the next day. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point. Like you're saying, a Bitcoin, you can't regulate it, and like all the transactions and everything that's going on related to it is spread across. You know, it's not centralized like the Fed. And uh, yeah, they're just trying to get their hands in there and like dilute it or drive down the
0: value or whatever they can do to it to destroy it. And it's so stupid. Like, I get if you want to get your taxes, whatever, give Caesar Caesars, but they want to regul they just got to get their hands in everything, man. And they've ruined it all. Don't freaking touch it. I'm telling you, Bitcoin is zero if the Fed gets involved. Yeah, I'm hoping somehow.
1: They are not able to regulate it, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. And like you're saying, that could be definitely very important for the future of what happens to crypto. All right,
0: man, I'm going to step off this soapbox. <laughs> it's
1: all right, man, I was doing it earlier when I uploaded
0: that SOS video, so. <laughs> all right, uh, did you have anything else you want to go over? Um, nope, I think that's it. All right. Yeah, I've uh, been doing some small tweaks to the website. I'm, uh, I'll am probably upload a video when I get everything kind of consolidated and talk about it. But uh, besides that, I really don't want to go over it right now. So you guys definitely stay tuned. Uh, go to the website, wstrades.com. Uh, our YouTube channel, James, has been killing it, putting a bunch of technical analysis videos up. So definitely make sure you're subscribed to that. And uh, I guess you just search W.S. Trades on YouTube and you'll find our channel. Subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know whenever uh, we put out some new videos. All right, man, that's all I had. Cool, man. I'll catch you later. All right, bye.
1: Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. You can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.